This is Afterbirth, the fourth and more postpartum support group brought to you by Preggers Can Be Choosers. In this podcast, we offer peer-to-peer support, not paid psychotherapy. We try to offer support and personal experiences over solutions. If you find yourself in need of more support, the Postpartum Support International or PSI Warm Line is 1-800-944-4773. You can also send a text message to 503-894-9453. English and Spanish options are available. If you'd like to join our conversation live, we meet every Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Need a reminder? You can sign up for text alerts at www.preggers.rock. Lastly, if you find this podcast helpful, please consider sponsoring this group for 99 cents a month. And don't forget to share this podcast with friends and family who may find it helpful too. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. Hey everybody, this is Rowan with Preggers Can Be Choosers. And this is our Afterbirth Fourth and More Support podcast and online support group. And we take the audio and make it into a podcast. And... Um, last week we were, um, me especially was really sad. Um, cat update is that she still hasn't come home. A couple of people have seen, felt like they've seen her and I've talked to a lot of neighbors and apparently she roamed a lot more backyards than I thought, but the, um, even the neighbors are really like, you know, bummed and, and I said, so one guy was like, well, if I see her, I'll grab her and bring her over. I was like, you're not gonna be able to catch her. And, uh, and other people were like, oh yeah, we could never catch her. We couldn't even go to our backyard. We'd only look at her through the window, but she was so pretty. We liked seeing her. So, um, I'm just going to keep looking and asking around. Somebody said a dead animal was dumped in a garbage bag in their front yard, which is what dog fighters do, by the way. It's terrible, but it's true. Um, and I was like, well, can you look in the bag and did the fur look like this? And they're like, no, it didn't. I was like, okay. Anyway, no news on the cat. I'm still um, sad, but I'm almost functional. So that's my update. And uh, all my kids are old. And because uh, a lot of times we say how old our kids are. I noticed that like I couldn't get out of bed one day. And then I heard my daughter come over. She's 28 or 29, 29. And when I heard her, I could get up and parent. So I've been able to get up to go to work and I've been able to parent. And that's about it. Everything else. Fuck it. Burn it down. So that's where I'm at today. Go ahead and, oh, and we wanted to check in and what you thought about the new logo too. So what you think? I love the new logo. Um, this is Tiffany uh, living in Baltimore with my two girls and husband, um, five-year-old and Willow would be four on Saturday. Um I have been trying to stay sane and I haven't really been getting my mom nights. So I've been planting, planting more and crafting more and just trying to um, get some alone time when I can. Um, The girls are kind of like feeling kind of sicky, but kind of keeping it at bay with you know, the elderberry, vitamin C, water, sleep, all that stuff. Because uh, it's a party weekend for Elsa. <laughs> hey, I'm Caitlin. I've got a two-year-old and a five-year-old. And I love the new logo. I thought it was really funny to see the snail train. Um, yeah. Uh, I got nothing right now. I'm good. Hey, I'm Bev. Um, I have four kids, all eight and under. Youngest is five months almost. Um, I think I've seen the new logo. Is it this? Okay, yeah. (laughs) I laughed. Did y'all know what it was? Yeah, I feel like it's pretty obvious what it is. Maybe not. I don't I I got it right away. (laughs) 
one of my patients showed her husband and he was like, can they do that? What is that? You know? And when she explained it to him, he's like, well, can they do that? I'm like, yeah, dude, it's our logo. <laughs> you know, and the premise of our brand is preggers can be choosers, right? So, you know, noticing your own fertility. I don't know. It's a cool tool. Um, I have something I need to get off my chest. Um, Hey, y'all, we're going to take a quick break, and then we're going to get right back to it. Getting back to our real talk after birth style. So my oldest daughter, she's eight years old. She'll be nine in June, and she's just been having a really hard time, I would say, in the past year. But it was especially when, right when she hit eight years old um, that things started changing and I've been there, done that. I very clearly remember being that age and having a really, really hard time. I always thought that it was because that was um, right when my parents got divorced and it was a very traumatic time in my life. I had to move across the state and um, was ripped away from my family and a lot of stuff was happening. And so understandably, I was a very um, emotional and angsty eight-year-old, which led into, you know, teenage years. Um, when I started seeing my daughter kind of going through some really hard emotional stuff, I started, I guess, assessing a lot and trying to look at, like, what could this be? Um, and I think there's a lot of things that are so obvious and right there, and yet it's it's easy to um, mistake certain things as normal um, when it's your life. And so, long story short, me and her dad were together until she was about um, three years old. And there was a lot, a lot of turmoil since the very beginning, from the from the time she was born, you know, until I mean it didn't stop once we got divorced. So there's been a lot of turmoil and I always tried my very best to keep all that away from my kids. But of course there's only so much you can do. Um, so even though I'm sure she doesn't remember us being together at all, I feel like that's always going to have some kind of effect, you know, on somebody. So there's that. And then, um, her dad got remarried um, a few years ago, two years ago, I don't remember. And they stayed together for a little while. They had a set of twins and then they got divorced and now they're going through a divorce and it's been very, um, messy. And I know that they've seen a lot and I don't know, you know, they go see their dad every other weekend. And I feel like there's probably a lot that goes on that I wouldn't be happy about, but there's also nothing that I can do about it. And, um, it's just, it's really hard. Um, and then I got together with my current boyfriend, we had a baby and so it's just a lot. She has, um, a lot of siblings and you know, coming from different parents and um, she feels a lot of pressure to be, you know, the older sister and she, I can tell she wants to hold everything together and um, she is, I would, a very anxious person and it makes me really, really sad because she reminds me a lot of myself and I, I don't know what to do about it. I don't, I try talking to her. I try to not just talking to her, but talk through things with her. Cause I think there's a big difference. Um, but it's like, no matter what I do or say or how much I can relate to her, um, there's always something that she's stuffing deep down inside or that she's not able to communicate. And um, it's just like killing me inside because 
it seems to just be getting worse with time. And so I started thinking about reaching out for some kind of outside help. I just don't know where to go or who to talk to. And um, yeah, I don't know. There's a lot more I could say, but I don't want to go on for too long. That's That's the basic premise of what's going on. I, of course, have my two cents, but I'm interested to see what Caitlin and Tiff have to say before I jump in. I think you're right to start looking for outside help because sometimes there's just things you don't want to talk to your mom about when you're that age, you know, and it's, I'm sure you can understand that too. Like when you were eight, the last person you wanted to talk to was your mom because she tries to fix it and sometimes you don't need it fixed. You just want to talk about it, right? And we as moms want to fix it. Like we're the fixer, right? Like moms make everything. We, we try to make things better. And um, so I think outside help is, is a great idea. I also don't know where you would start um, for, for that age group. Um, but I think you recognizing that she needs something more is awesome. Um, and that it's it's okay for it to be out of your purview, right? Um, I feel like Lily has dealt with a little bit of, um, you know, stress as a coming of age child from toddlerhood um, with our cat passing away and us moving from Texas, everything that she's known, and uprooting her to Baltimore. Um, so so I, I feel what you're saying with like, at sometimes not really knowing how to help, but seeing that there's turmoil and stress in a child is so difficult to see. And from our point of view, you know, to understand um, things that have helped her and have helped me have been, you know, finding some kind of adult friend that she can talk to, or like you're saying, just some outside help. Um, because same as what Caitlin said, not everything that goes on with them, they want to talk to mom and dad about. Um, and the other thing that has helped her immensely has been crafting, but you know, she's still a toddler. So she's getting her fix and her outlet through drawing and writing letters and, you know, talking about rascal. Um, but <laughs> it's almost like now I'm seeing the full spectrum of it with you talking about it and your daughter's older that like, it's almost like, the problems don't go away, they just change. So um, I really feel for you. Does she journal yet? Yes, I know she does. I don't know. I know that she keeps a diary and that she writes in it. Obviously, I would never go, you know, look through right. her stuff unless unless there was something really going on that I was, you know, concerned enough about but um I I let her have that and so I don't know what all goes into it but I, I do know that she writes stuff down and she um you know she has her things to kind of distract her but it's a lot easier to do that when they're younger I think once they get to this age it's like there's nothing really more to distract. It's it's like you something needs to be done or it's going to come out in other ways. And like I said, I know that my shit didn't get taken care of and it let it bled into the rest of my life really. And I'm I'm just so 
nervous about what could happen if if I don't get her the right help or if I if I push her too hard in this direction and honestly there's not very many people I can't think of anyone that she could just talk to that I know I mean that she would be open with and that I can trust to you know to say the right things to her um I've noticed that a, a lot of times it's like she'll come home from school and some some days she'll come home and she'll be complaining about this and that and this person was mean to me and oh this is wrong and this is wrong but then other times she comes home and everything's fine until something happens like I get on to, get onto her like hey I told you to clean your room and your room's not clean and then suddenly she's like oh my god today and then she'll list off 20 different things, you know, like this is like just life is so hard and blah, blah, blah. And it's really hard for me to not automatically think, oh my God, you're just being dramatic because you don't want to clean your room. But there must be some reason why she makes lists in her head of everything that's wrong in her life. So, yeah. So we've got a little action going on in the chat box. So I'm just going to say kind of what's going on in there um, for those who are listening later. Um, one is that I saw that there's something called the Confident Child Summit. It just came through my inbox because um, I follow these people who have something called Big Life Journal, and it's for um, kids to help them uh, create emotional resiliency. And that's what I think what we're doing and what we're talking about here is emotional resiliency, which we can see when we don't get that kind of I don't want to say training, but that like kind of education or growth opportunity when we're kids. Like, I think we all know people who have no, zero emotional resiliency as adults. And that was kind of what um, Mr. Rogers' big mission was, was to teach kids emotional resiliency and how to, um, you know, move through things without getting trapped and stuck. So anyway, I put a link in the chat box to the Confident Child Summit. And um, I saw one of the third things on there, Bev, was... Um, mitigating anxiety or not mitigating but navigating anxiety and stuff so it said it was full of tools and things like that so I thought that might be helpful to snoop out I don't know how much it is it's an online summit but um, it seems worth you know getting on some of the mailing lists and uh, seeing if that's something that's helpful maybe attending it I don't know and then uh, Caitlin asked I only asked to see if there's any type of outlet or type of processing she is doing to she's trying to do on her own so and I think these are things we need to talk about because when we don't, like today is uh, Super Tuesday in Texas. I think that's what it's called when you start, um, when you vote for the pre presidential primaries. Um, maybe it's not Super Tuesday. I don't know. It's Tuesday. We're voting. It's March. Um, but it I see Super people. Tuesday. Oh, it is? Okay. <laughs> Good. Yeah, you're right. Go help it's here. because there's like, I think it's 14 states all vote today. So 14 oh, different shit. states. So that's why it's Super Tuesday is because a third of the electoral votes are um, up for grabs for the primary. Got yeah. it. Got it. Thank you, Caitlin. This is Caitlin. She's like so great about logic and order and it's just perfect. <laughs> and the rest of us going to be like, I don't know what's going on. Caitlin's like, listen, sisters, this is what's up. Thank you, Caitlin. Um, but I think about people who don't have flexibility in their emotions and are super rigid, which I try hard not to be. Um, I don't try hard. I work on it a lot. So I think this is the type of work our girls need. And it's come, some kind of a heavy time right now. So, yeah, this is going to be a topic we need to look at and support our girls and our boys. You know, we want all our kids to have emotional agility and resiliency. So this is an appropriate topic. And, like, I remember when my kids were little, Shit. Um, I remember at one point Rose had an eating disorder. Or she had an eating disorder and she was cutting. And I was like, she was a little bit older. She wasn't eight. But this is clearly from like growing up in a traumatic household. And I, as a lesbian parent, didn't have any options. Like I married Carolyn and then, uh, you know, this was in 90, I don't know, five or six. Carolyn told me it was over. So I didn't have any access to my kids because, you know, like even though I co-parented, I didn't have any legal connection. I wasn't their birth mother. 
And so, and I could just see how terrible living with Carolyn was and how Rose, I always tried to love her and support her, but I knew I couldn't save her from Carolyn, from her other mother. And then she started having an eating disorder and cutting. And so I remember I started, um, <laughs> one day I made all my friends um, collage their feelings, you know, <laughs> and I even made my brother-in-law do it. And I remember his job was to cut out a bunch of pictures of scissors and he just put them and knives and he just put them out for people to like, if they wanted to add them to their collage, you know, like he was on the, my brother-in-law is not super good for playing along, but he did that day. So I just remember I was always coming up with art projects. And the other thing, I think I've talked about this before, is a yellow notebook where I had a yellow notebook that I would pass back and forth between me and Rose. And we could write whatever we wanted to in the yellow notebook. And it would like, you know, it was its own tool for communication. Um, and I didn't have groovy things like, well, I guess we had the, you know, I'm okay, you're okay type kid songs and stuff like that. But it was different. There weren't as many tools. But there also wasn't as much anxiety and, you know, whatever so but I do want to say that I do relate Bev in that I had to pack my kids off and send them over to a parent that I didn't think was such a good fit and I had a lot of concerns and one of my partners she also has that same experience where her older girls go to their dads and the guys a dickhead narcissist and you know and so but how do we we can't keep them out of that situation legally so how do we arm our kids with emotional resilience so they can navigate whatever they need to navigate now and later in an unjust world? So anyway, we're thinking about it, thinking about it. How's it going, Tiffany, with um, Lily? Because she was like slamming doors and causing ruckuses and um, so much that the neighbors were pissed. So how's that going? Any updates on that or any words of wisdom? She is doing a lot better. Um, Barry started this meltdown. He says meltdown countdown, but it's really count up. And she's been like 24 days without having a meltdown. So she's like earning screen time. And um, this weekend, we kind of... Uh, this was proposed by uh, Lily's neighbor friend who, you know, her schoolmate is, Nevaeh is our neighbor. So they get on the bus together. Her mom suggested that Lily sleep over the night before Willow's birthday party um, so that Willow can have separate time with mom and dad and grandpa. And I feel like them having separate time is kind of essential because Willow really knows how to push Lily's buttons and tease her with things. And, you know, she does things to make Lily chase her. And I think that that may have been compounded with the thing with school and just everything else that's been going on. So we've been kind of trying to keep Willow at bay with the teasing and the taunting because that was part of part of the problem. Um, so I think it's gonna be really helpful for them to have separate time, especially now that Lily's getting older and Willow is starting to really come into her own because she's gonna be going to preschool in the fall. So, um, she's coming into her own as well and realizing that, you know, they don't have to share everything. They don't have to be together all the time and that they can have their own friends and their own lives and still be sisters. Um, so Lily's doing a lot better. Um, it was all Barry's idea with this meltdown thing, but it seems to work because there have been a few times where we're like, okay, it's your borderline meltdown here. We're going to have to erase all the days that you, and she all of a sudden like, okay, all right, let's find another solution. So I don't have a meltdown. It's working. Bev, does your other daughter, because um, you have two daughters and then Miles and then this baby, right? 
Okay. Yes. And so are your are the two daughters like always like is there any of those issues that Tiffany's having or does it seem to be independent of having your little sister always on your dress? Not that I know anything about that. Um so my two oldest daughters are like very different from each other. Um my 7-year-old is on the spectrum and so I deal with another uh, a whole different slew of <laughs> issues. We don't have, um, I haven't dealt with like meltdowns like that in years. Um, Autumn is, uh, she suffers in silence a lot, I guess. <laughs> and it's not funny. It's just, it's just like the way that she, she gets a very, um, angry, and then she has a really hard time vocalizing, and she might get ang- she might get angry enough to go rip up a piece of paper into tiny little pieces, or you know, just random stuff like that. But very rarely does she like scream or um, throw things or anything like that. It's it's very like to herself. Um, and then Ava, the oldest, when when she gets really upset, she's definitely more vocal about it. But then she, um, she does come to me a lot more and com- like complain about stuff, but just in a very emotional way. Autumn doesn't, like I said, she doesn't vocalize. I have to sit there and like guess what could be wrong. Um, Ava always tells me what's wrong, but then it's hard to find a solution. That's the best way to describe it. One time I was at my friend Mary's house. She has a pool and we have another friend named uh, Tina. And Tina was over and she was like bitching about just nonstop, right? And then Mary had all these solutions, you know, and Tina just shot each one down, you know, and I was just like, I was like in a tennis match, ching, 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 ching. And we're all three friends, but uh, Tina and Mary have kids closer to each other in age. And so finally, Tina, Mary goes to Tina, I can't solve all your problems for you. And I was like, oh, because, um, you know, there was no solution that was going to work for Tina. She just wanted to be upset, right? I was like, oh, okay. And these were adults, right? You know, so. Um, it was one of those pivotal moments where you're like, is this really happening? It was like scripted almost. So I wonder, you know, and some of this, we're not looking for solutions. We're just looking to teach our kids how to navigate their own lives. So I've been poking around on this Confident Child Summit. Has anybody else looking on that website? looks like there's all these people with all these different resources. And I wonder if some of those aren't super helpful to you. Um, so I just want to say that. I will definitely take a look at it. Yeah, it might be hard to look at on your phone while you're actually in the recording, but <sighs> sorry, it's going on for your girls. And I don't know, Caitlin, to weigh in on the boys situation, do you feel like boys have different different challenges or different expectations for navigating emotions or how does that even work? Theirs are less emotional. I feel like theirs comes out in more physical ways. Mm. Um, like Skylar likes to punch or hit a wall when he's mad not like yell or scream at me he's like the worst he's done is go I don't like you anymore you know but he's five so um, he will rip things up he like it is some kind of physical thing that takes his um, that he takes his anger out on so we're having to navigate that because like um he's not going to be one to sit down and write his feelings out or anything like that. He's going to feel them in a very physical way. Um, and, you know, we've used Mr. Rogers and you stomp it out like as, as you can be mad and stomp song. Um, so that like, again, there's that physical aspect of like getting the stuff out. Um, yeah, I don't know. I kind of, I don't know how it would work, but I really like the idea of like a family binder or something. Cause Bev, you say your daughter likes to make lists, like have her have a special binder for her to make her list for the whole day. 
so that she can go back the next day even and say, oh, okay, well, maybe these are not as big of an issue or something. Um, but the, the that idea to me really is sticking out as something that's intriguing um, because it's both, a, I don't know, I, I, I have a lot of therapy when I write things out, even if I'm the only one to see them. Um, it's therapeutic in that way, especially because then I can go back and look and see if I still feel the same with the exact same list, you know. Um, but I can be mad about this today, and then a week later I'll be like, oh, that was silly to be mad about. Or, yeah, I'm still really freaking pissed about that. Um, but it helps me navigate those emotions personally when I go back and look at it to kind of help myself realize what what might actually be more important. My cat just nibbled on my finger. She's mad. I, um, that list, that list thing sounds like it would be really good for her. Um, because she, she definitely likes to be validated about, you know, feeling every little thing about everything. Um, which I try, I try to do, but it's really, you know, there's a lot, you know, with like four kids to take care of. And then I feel like there's always that one kid at a time that needs just like a whole lot of extra energy. And she's been that kid. Um, honestly, I have, sometimes I feel like it's all of them. Sometimes it's three of them, you know, it's, it's, and right now I've been dealing with a lot with obviously having a new baby. And I think that makes everyone, everyone needs more <laughs> and I don't have a whole lot. And so it's just, um, yeah, I'm kind of getting off track with that, but I think that writing everything down and being able to look at it would be good for her. And so she can go back and like you said, say, oh, I'm not mad about that anymore, or I'm still really mad about that. And I just want to say you're not off track for saying, I don't know how to, like, sometimes one kid needs a lot more than the next person, right? Because that's part of it, too, is that that might be a component as she needs that time. But maybe you, it, it could be implemented in a way that, like, she, you, you say, okay, we'll have five or 10 minutes to go over your list. I want you to make your list and I want you to write it out in the order of importance or, you know, so that she has like a task to handle it and then knows that she's going to have specific time, right? Because that's something Tiffany was talking about was separate specific time. And even if it's five or 10 minutes, it can make a big difference, right? Because um, I find separate time with my kids is important too. Like, if we go to the soccer game, I have like one of us is always paying attention to each child right now. Um, but like when we go to soccer, it's all about soccer tonight. Hopefully, we get to go horseback riding with our neighbors because that's Atlas's favorite thing to do. And Skylar will have to sit and watch, like, that's part of it. Is it's not always about them having to do the same thing that they both like, but making sure that they there is time for them to each do their things and for us to appreciate the things that they're enjoying doing. I wanted to say, um, do you guys know Steffi Anderson? She's a doula here in uh, Houston and postpartum doula and CBE, um, childbirth educator. And um, I was her midwife, I was a student midwife and she was pregnant with her baby Stella. And one of her kids, I just love, like, I liked all her kids, but one of them just, like, really was like, hey, Rowan, look at my new shoes, you know, like, um, every time it was just, like, really into me, and I was really into her, and she was using bullet journaling for listing her feelings, and bullet journaling is great, because it's kind of like planning, and then, you know, planning your, kind of keeping your shit straight, but also at the same time, she was using it for handling emotions, so I found a link, and I put it in here, and, um, this lady says bullet journal ideas for kids. And she said that, that her daughter uses it to handle her big feelings. So I thought that that might be a good way. So it's both listing and then kind of like low key organization. And I think like using a planner in general is like a skill that most people, um, you know, I just think it enhances the quality of your life if you plan. So um, even a quick plan is better than no plan and just kind of like winging it 
in my opinion. I could be wrong. This is what works for me. But anyway, the um, the fact that somebody might have a list, a way to list and journal some of their big feelings, and then you can have some time to look at it with their Bev is, I think, a good way, a good, you know, communication tool, too. So kind of, I guess, putting everything together that we've been saying here. So I found that link, and I'll make sure it's also in the show notes. I think also sometimes is when our kids start having big feelings, kind of like you were saying in the beginning, Bev, is that it brings up all the times we had big feelings, and we were like, under under loved or whatever right and so oh god i just keep kicking this dog sorry dog um unintentionally people unintentionally um but and danielle laporte who you know is one of my teachers she said something today about that when you navigate your um inner child it's really navigating your deepest tenderness your deepest little part of yourself that hasn't um it's just your most little empathetic and and um, sweetest little part of ourselves. So there's some, you know, not only are we navigating our, our kids' feelings and how teaching them, but also navigating what part of ourselves is still tender and a little wounded. So I think it's big work for us as parents too, um, which makes it like extra exhausting, um, in my opinion, especially when you have, you know, other kids you're trying to navigate. I always remember like, I would feel like I had every kid like just right on track, everything was going well. And then I would get a note from Austin, which is where one of my kids went to school. And like she'd be, Sarah would be burning down. I'm like, oh, you know, like, so it's always like spinning plates maybe, right? Um, and trying to just kind of navigate it in a way that's not exhausting. So I just wanted to share that. I also want to say, Beverly, that those eyebrows are sick. I don't even know how you can make your eyebrows and eye makeup look like that because that is crazy good. So good. For all you guys who are not able to see it, dude, it's the best. <laughs> Thank you. This is actually like my five-minute makeup routine. <laughs> Y'all are missing out who are not able to see this gloriousness of five minutes. <laughs> That's great. Makeup is part of my self-care. Like, even if I'm not going anywhere, I would say like most of the time I don't wear makeup, but some days I'm like, you know what? I'm putting makeup on. It doesn't matter if I end up going to HEB or not. I want my eyebrows on. They're glorious. Hey, do you guys want to talk about the um, the virus scare and alert going on right now? We could talk about that for a hot minute. Um, there's an article from Medium that said that it's not so much about um, that everybody getting infected and dying. It's that so many people get infected or need healthcare support that will kind of overwhelm the resources. So I thought that was interesting. And on our end, like we have, um, you know, like I'm not into food hoarding and like I have to live here for six years, you know, and not leave the house type stuff. My sister was funny. She's like, take me first. It's over, whatever. But we do have like an air purifier and, you know, we're all good at hand washers anyway. And my sister might start doing, my sister has a compromised immune system, Dr. Blythes. So she might start um, opting to see as many people virtually as possible. She's a um, therapist, for those of you who don't know. So she might be doing virtual therapy for a lot of folks. She already does it, I guess, about 25% of her practice, but she might go up to like 80% of her practice right now. And having some concerns, because my brother-in-law's a medic, so he's exposed and in hospitals and exposed to sick children a lot. He works as a pediatric medic. And then I work at a birth center, so there's lots of people and, you know, and kids and snot and germs and whatever. And I don't think, you know, I don't think the virus is going to spread through daycares initially, but. Anyway, that's kind of what we got going on over here. Oh, and we're buying more legumes. That covers it. Okay. Um, we just threw some extra, like, non-perishables in the pantry. I mean, it's not a ton. It's just, like, an extra three days or something, you know, like, just a, some miscellaneous stuff as a as a precaution, only because we live so far away from everything, too, that it's not exactly um, easy to get to something. So if there was a rush, we would be at the end of the rush anyway, because we're just so far away. Um, I guess I'm mildly concerned, um, because different mom groups, like, there are some posts that are like, 
oh, it's in our city already in Houston and um, that there are quarantines like at Rice and that they're, you know, that um, now it's starting in with conspiracy theories already um, in mom groups in Houston and everywhere that like people are trying to hide it and hide the seriousness of it. And so I don't know, it's, it's a lot of crap to wade through. Like we're already in this media cycle of um, half your sources are basically fake. So you're trying to just wade through all the shit, right? Um, so while I'm concerned, I'm mildly concerned and again, all I can do, like, there's very minimal that I, I have control over in the situation. So to help my anxiety, I am controlling the things that I can and letting the rest go because otherwise things are not going to end well for me, whether or not I got it or not. It's so, yeah. Um, I would say I'm mildly concerned, like Caitlin was saying. Um, anytime something like this happens, it's hard not to listen to. I mean, of course, the news is going to be like the worst thing. I, I try not to ever watch the news um, because it gives me anxiety. But of course, see the Facebook, you're going to see shit. Um, so my boyfriend and I, we decided to... Uh, we were talking about going on a vacation soon and I was like where should we go like we don't have money to like just you know go wherever we want but maybe like San Antonio or Austin or something just for a couple days because I haven't had a kid-free vacation and since I had kids so <laughs> um, you know and we made that a priority and we said you know we're gonna save up money and blah 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 and so we agreed we're gonna we were going to get the Airbnb set up like ASAP to, you know, get that money out of the way. And so we were like looking at San Antonio and I was literally just about to book an Airbnb in San Antonio. And then, uh, it came out that all these people got infected in San Antonio with coronavirus. And I was like, what the hell? Like, <laughs> and then Blake was like, let's go somewhere else. Let's just book somewhere in Austin. <laughs> So I booked somewhere in Austin and then I was like, wait a minute, Austin and San Antonio are like so close. Like Austin, Austin probably already has coronavirus. <laughs> we probably already have coronavirus. And then it was like, well, we need to, I mean, just like, let's not worry about it. And just, so it's like, what do you, what do you do? Like doomed, right? Yeah. <laughs> like no matter what you do, I don't want to just like not live my life, but at the same time, I don't want to like go somewhere where I know the coronavirus is waiting to kill me. So. <laughs> I'm with them, like mildly concerned, same kind of deal, like restock on chicken stock and noodles and rice, stuff like that. Um, Willow has been feeling like yucky and I can tell that it's like this fluctuation in the weather with it being like, in the 20s at night for a couple of days and then yesterday and today is in the 60s so um she's like coughing and sneezing and she's got a runny nose and there was a birthday party over the weekend and I made the call to stay home with her um I did not want to be that mom bringing out a kid who has to carry around tissues at you know the trampoline park like, <laughs> I'm not going to be that person. And she needs to stay home to, you know, not get even more sick. Um, and then we stayed home again on Sunday because she needs the rest and, you know, um, preventative things help. Um, so we're just trying to do, like I said, the vitamins and the rest and water and stuff like that. Um, and like Caitlin said, control what you can and don't worry about all that other stuff. I did see where somebody said, make sure you have lots of crafts too, because you'll like start to get bored and cabin fever. I was like, no problem there. 
craft up a storm. All this piles of shit I've been waiting for that day. It's on. <laughs> and the other thing people, you know, say, wash your hands, wash your hands, don't touch your face. Also, don't forget to sanitize your phone because we touch our phone and we put our phones up to our faces. So, you know, every day that you're washing your hands, sanitize your phone. Don't put it down in public places, that kind of thing, because we put it right up to our face. I feel like that's like a big thing that the media really hasn't mentioned. I saw this person who takes Ziploc bags with them to like um, when they stay in hotels because to put in the remotes for the TV and stuff like that so that they use it through the bag because the remotes are so cochino. And so, but same thing for our phones, right? Like we have an assistant, um, her name is Shana. She's really great. So she'll make everybody give us our computers and our phones like every week. And she like works them over with some like sanitizer and stuff. And I'm like, okay. So I was encapsulating somebody's placenta the other day and um, I told Blythe, I told Dr. Blythe, my sister, I'm like, we have a bunch of hemicide underneath this fridge or underneath the sink. So we're good to go on that. And then we have this huge deep freeze, you know, where we can like, we'll be fine. I mean, we'll be e eating lemon curd because that's mostly what's in there. Lemons and beef tongue for practicing suture repairs on perineums, but we're good to go. Okay. We're good to go. We're having lingua and uh, citrus lingua and uh, I don't know what else. That stuff at the bottom that you thought when you made freezer meals, but it turned out to be gross and something from the 70s. Hey, that's what we're having now. Okay. Feeding the chickens that. What's up? So. One thing I did want to mention about these emotional kids we have, um, Willow is still continuing with the You're Not My Mom and has spread it all to the family you're not my dad, you're not my sister. And, you know, we try to take the angle of, you know, you're hurting mommy when you say that, hurts my feelings, hurts my heart. Please don't say that anymore. Um, last night, I feel like Barry hit the nail on the head and he was like, Willow, you gotta get some new material. <laughs> it's getting old. <laughs> and it just, it made me laugh. And, you know, I was like, right on. Just come on, Willow, get over it. <laughs> uh, that's pretty funny. You got to get some new material. <laughs> right on. Oh, even the dog agrees. Okay. Sorry about that. Electra, nobody wants to hear that, especially not us. All right, my loves. Well, we're almost at time. Speaking of new material. So. Um, I want to encourage you guys to look at the Confident Child Summit. Looks like there's some good resources in there. Um, also, we have the bullet journal ideas for kids on managing emotions, and then also the Medium article about what we should actually be concerned about with um, this uh, virus scare. And it's maybe not so much that we're going to die, but that the resources are going to be overwhelmed for people who are legitimately sick. Um, so there we go. It is Super Tuesday as narrated by Caitlin. And I'll get this edited and up today. So um, it's out there. But um, I hope everybody had the opportunity to vote. And I don't really care what you vote. I just care that you vote. Um, I know in the past during elections that I've had people who I was really close to who chose not to vote either through apathy or some type of um, protest situation. And, um, you know, they turned out not to it's just hard. It's really hard. And every time they want to bitch about something, I'm like, no bitching, you didn't vote. Okay. And I know the voting is imperfect. And I know that we also have to show up anyway, which is kind of my hope punk attitude. Um, kind of like Lori Petty. You remember that from Tank Girl? Did everybody see Tank Girl? Oh, shit. What is this nonsense? Well, you know what we're doing next week? We're not having group. We're watching Tank Girl as a group. Okay. I can't believe this shit. Oh, my God. This is unacceptable. Well, there'll be a link in the show notes for sure to Tank Girl, and they're going to come out with another one. But Tank Girl is like the epitome of hope punk, which is like, shit sucks, and we're going to try it anyway. Oh, my God. This is unacceptable. Caitlin's even writing in the thing. You're just doing that to fuck with me. What is Tank Girl? All right. I have heard of Tank Girl. Um, a kid at one of the group homes I worked at was obsessed with anime, and he would call me tank girl and I didn't know what it was 
and he had to show me like pictures of the movie maybe it's it was a cartoon right um and he would draw like everybody all the employees and other kids as anime characters it's kind of funny but that's the only reference i know that's uh, <laughs> we're watching tank girl next week you're funny <laughs> that's what we're doing mst3k which you also need to know what that is too M mystery science theater 3000 okay okay <laughs> oh my god mst3k style well that's what we're doing next week is we're watching tank girl all right my loves well we'll see what we can do i'll put a link into tank girl i might use tank girls our picture for um our uh <laughs> logo is going to get booted over today so we can get a tank girl picture but um that's what hope punk is is showing up and shit's grim and we're going to just show up anyway and laugh and love each other and do our best so um bev and of course we'll keep you in our hearts and your daughter in our hearts and we're just going to keep doing our best here oh and uh I'd also like to hear at some point, Caitlin, how your birthday party or how your birthday was and if you got shit with hearts because last year you got stuff with hearts on it and you almost like lost your shit. Do you have a quick minute to tell us how it went? Did you get cupcakes with hearts on it this year, which you hate or no? I got no cupcakes with no hearts. Um, I asked for a store-bought cake, which is exactly what I got. And I got all the things that I wanted. My dad actually stepped it up and gave me an awesome ticket to go see Alegria. Um, the Cirque du Soleil show that's in town. I went and saw that. And otherwise, I mean, it wasn't like we didn't really do anything special. Um, my husband and I kind of fought, and that's about the whole sex thing after my birthday. So kind of all the things got ruined for my birthday this year, but that's okay. I'm used to it at this point. <laughs> this is the worst story ever. Well, okay. okay, but like my birthday is Valentine's Day. Every single year, someone has been like, oh, I'm single this year, so I'm going to celebrate your birthday instead, as if it was, like, an option. <laughs> like, my birthday's optional if they're, you know, only if they're single. Um, so, you know, I'm just used to, like, my birthday not being anything that's something to look forward to. That sucks. Yep. I was about to say I was about to say birthdays always suck, but then I was like, "Wow, that that really sucks." <laughs> Sorry, Caitlin. <laughs> my birthday doesn't suck. I have the positive people party. It just happens to be on my birthday every year. There's this real fun picture of me and Tiffany one year, the positive per people party. <laughs> so, and I'll come. Yeah, you know, we'll just have to start having a different party. It's not tied to anyway, because yeah, we don't go out on my birthday because it's just too chaos, too much chaos. Oh my god, yeah. To try yeah. and go out, and so we tried. And then my husband was like, the same week, um, he was like, "Well, I was gonna make a reservation for the fifteenth, which was Saturday this year." And I was like, "If it if it was like a Tuesday, you'd be fine," but it was Saturday, and he's like, "I tried on Thursday to make a reservation on Saturday," and I'm like of course all that shit's gone like he's like we can still try and i was like no i'm not going anywhere if we're if you need a reservation i'm not showing up and hoping for a table fuck that no you know every year my birthday is on valentine's day this shit does not change you make the reservation february 1st at a minimum anyway all right well next year you can stay home and watch saint girl <laughs> okay there we go girl it is <laughs> Unmute yourselves because we love each other. We'll see each other next week. Love you guys. Love you. Bye. Love y'all. Keeping it real. Are you wanting to join in the conversation but keep missing us live? Then sign up for text reminders at www.preggers.rocks. That's www.preggers.rocks and we'll see you Tuesday at 11 a.m. Central Time. Oh, thank you.